Hi, welcome, Stacia. How are you? I'm doing great, Al. How are you? I'm doing real well. Excited to be talking with you this morning here in California. I know you've done this people analytics technology study uh, with Priyaka for the past three years and you're excited for the update. So for those who might not know you and Red Thread, you want to introduce yourself a bit and a little bit about the study? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Stacia Gar. I'm co-founder of Red Thread Research. We're a human capital research advisory and analyst firm. So that means that we look at both the technologies within HR as well as the practices. And so we focus on a range of areas, but most relevant for today is people analytics. And so uh, actually with par initial partnership with Al, we ran this people analytics technology study starting in 2019, end of 2018, 2019 and have been doing it. And this is the third iteration of the study, which we are super excited about. The market has gotten much bigger than when we started and much more complex. And so, and, and given what's happened in the last two years, a increasing reliance on people analytics for organizations. So I would argue that the report is more important than ever. So we are super <laughs> excited. Well, I agree. Uh, the people analytics technology space that I'm sure you'll talk about is growing and it's uh, generating more impact, arguably. And again, I don't want to just you know put my overlay on you. Uh, how about you introduce it a little bit and I'll share this uh, screen. And, and I know you've done a bigger presentation, but today we're just going to discuss it. And I know you have events coming in the near future to go even deeper. So if you want to uh, share what those are going to be all about, that'd be great as well. Yeah. So um, just to the high level on that, we're going to be releasing this study properly um, with a, a pretty extensive complimentary executive summary next Tuesday. So we, um, I believe, have a link that we'll be sharing with folks here today to uh, be able to access that on Tuesday. And then we'll be doing a uh, webinar on July 13th at 10 a.m. Pacific that where we'll go through a lot of the details of the study. Um, between those two dates, we will also publish the full version of the study to Red Thread members. And we will also be publishing the uh, updated People Analytics Tech Tool, which some of that will be complementary to non-members and then a lot more details will be uh, available to members. So that's the, the headline on what's happening. Um, but let me tell you actually a little bit more about the study itself. All so right. the study itself, we ran beginning, excuse me, ran beginning in January of this year. And we, we had aspirations for getting this thing done in like two months. We were going to do all of our briefings in January and February. Let's just say it took twice as long. <laughs> so <laughs> we did briefings in April, end of April. And so, um, but, but along with the briefings, we also did two different surveys of the vendors. One focused on kind of their business and what's happening and changing with their business and then also their capabilities. And then we did a third study, which was for their customers. So there's a total of three studies that went into this, the briefings, the demos, the whole thing. So the fact that we are now ready and launching it is, um, is a big deal. So let's move on and I'll show you what we have learned. All right, please. Absolutely. And as you're doing this, I just want to uh, highlight something because you have talked to not only the vendors themselves, but to those who are actually using it. And that learning, that delta between what is being said by those who have a vested interest in selling more product and those who are actually adopting these technologies is important. And I always find it insightful. So I look forward yeah. to you know what you have to share. 
Absolutely. And by the way, before we continue, if you're uh, listening, if you have questions, put them in the chat and we can consider those as we go because we want this to be a discussion. We only have, you know, till the bottom of the hour. So this is going to be quick with Stacia. And if Priyanka might join us, fantastic. But without further ado, you know, let you uh, share some highlights. Cool. Um, do you think you can share the screen? I think it's not sharing right now. There, there we, we go. go. Perfect. All right. So the, the high level is, as you would expect, that this is the biggest market that we've seen to date. Um, we uh, It is the, the fastest growth that we've seen. And specifically, we found that the market is about $3 billion now. So Al, if you think back to when we did it um, a few years ago, it was you know, a, bit, a bit over $1, one billion. So we've just seen massive growth. And the um, compound annual growth rate that we saw across the last uh, uh, five years is, is 53%. So significant growth, and I can share some additional details on that. Um, at the Again, we're, we're just kind of at the high level. Uh, employee engagement experience market continues to dominate. 42% of our respondents were from that market. Um, and, and then it kind of breaks out uh, across a number of others, and I'll share with you a little bit more there. Vendors were really focused on differentiating themselves in 2021 by addressing data challenges for customers. So if you remember, Al, when we began this study, we talked a lot about how like there's all this different data and the problems of data integration. And those are still problems. But um, a you know good thing for the vendor community is that they have been able to focus on those. And that was a primary area that we heard about in 2021, um, which was different than what we saw in 2020 and 2019. Hi, Priyanka. Hey, Stisha. Hey, Al. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm crashing a party, but... Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey you're a welcome crasher, so yeah, by, yeah. by all means. And just so uh, everyone, full disclosure, there's a little technical challenge getting Priyanka on this morning, but I'm really glad you're here because uh, you've been integral in putting this study together and uh, you know, interested in your perspectives as well. So mm -hmm. uh, with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Stacia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the fourth point that's one of the top headlines from the study is that we are seeing use cases shifting and but vendors potentially not responding quickly enough. And Al, if you remember when we came on and we did the little preview of what we were seeing, we talked about the importance of um, thinking about how the people analytics practitioners were using the systems compared to how we see uh, non-HR, non-people analytics users using the systems. And so that ended up kind of being one of the main findings is that we really do have kind of these two or maybe even three separate use cases, um, but that the people analytics practitioner, or um, the non-people analytics practitioners are not being addressed um, enough. They're not being focused on enough from the vendors. I, another finding was customer satisfaction actually dipped last year based on our data. Um, and we think that some of this may be because the, there was higher levels of expectation. A lot of customers who are not historically people analytics customers um, who are coming into the market. And so we think that there may that vendors are doing some things to address that. But um, but it was interesting to see that. And then finally, vendors are optimistic about the future. Over half of our vendors expect more than 30% growth in 2022. Um, that was, I will say, uh, for many of them before the war in Ukraine and um, the inflation became quite as pernicious as we've seen. So we'll see if that ends up holding up at the end of the year, but that is what they expected when we initially ran the survey. Wow. And one of the things I want to uh, level set on for those who might not be familiar with the ecosystem of people analytics technologies is there is a, 
growing agreement to put my own bias over this is that people analytics tech is a separate category. It's not just that you buy an HCM and all of a sudden you have analytics. You just don't get a survey vendor and all of a sudden you have analytics to aggregate data from across the enterprise, the employee lifecycle, and oftentimes, you know, financial and operational systems is a dedicated effort. So, you know, what is the investment? You know, what are some of the key factors to adoption and all these things? So, you know, for you to shed light on this is is hugely valuable. At least again, my my bias is obvious, but uh yeah, no, I certainly celebrate, you know, what you're doing here. I know you have some more uh, and I want to make sure we leave time for the tool as well because it's really really cool where you're all going with that. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll just um, share a few slides where we can talk a little bit more specifically about some of these findings. Um, so the uh, market growth, this is just putting a, a little bit of a finer point on the growth that we've seen across the last few years. Um, I think that when I mentioned the high level thing, I may have flipped the numbers. So the CAGR for the last five years was actually 80%. Um, and the growth rate for last year was 53%. So um, a little bit below what we saw, but that would be expected as the market size is getting bigger. So really significant growth that we saw. I mentioned, um, if I if you can keep that slide up, that um, employee experience and engagement still is the dominant market. And you can see that here where we show on the inner circle 2020, uh, the breakdown of the different markets in um, 2021, um, what those numbers were for, for just last year. And I think, you know, the most remarkable is just how big that employee engagement experience market continues to be. Um, but we did also, one other thing I do want to point out for my workforce planning friends is that we saw a little bit of a, a bigger market there with workforce planning, um, which I think is indicative of some of the uh, higher levels of capability of, of uh, integrating data. And so there's a more ability to be able to use this data and actually start to see into the future and what we might want to be doing. And so I think that that is uh, part of what's driving some of that slight increase that we saw this year. Hey, may I take you uh, both off script for one second? Uh, Please, I, that's what we expect. <laughs> is, is the... Uh, the emergence of what's now being commonly referred to as talent intelligence technologies, uh, you know, the gloats and eightfolds and drops and rejigs and MZs and uh, LinkedIn talent insights, uh, Claro, among others. Um, and I know I offended some vendors by not putting them in that list, but what do you see the relationship between those technologies and the technologies that you studied? Is there a significant overlap? Do you view that as a discrete um, sector? I mean, what are your thoughts then? Yeah, so when we think about people analytics technologies, they're technologies that are designed specifically for the study of people data and that they are able to pull in, you know, at a minimum, some of the basic data, let's say from uh, HCM so that you can get the foundational demographic data, et cetera. Um, you know, in terms of, kind of the, the, what I might 
called the labor market intelligence, which is what an MC or a Claro or a talent neuron would be. Um, I'm starting to hear a lot more talk about people integrating those technologies into some of these others. Like if we talk about workforce planning, right? Um, and having a more sophisticated view in workforce planning, but also having a more sophisticated view in um, in some of the other, like you mentioned, like in engagement or um, you mentioned skills. So I think that there's we're starting to get kind of a finer sense of um, what the talent is outside and then overlapping that with the information about the talent inside. So that mm -hmm. is definitely something that we're seeing come together. Um, I think though that right now, like you mentioned Eightfold, I was just at their event this week. Um, Eightfold is doing some really remarkable things with skills, but I wouldn't say that they're kind of like a, a skills analysis platform right, or a platform built for integrating skills instead something like a tech wolf would be would be that right so so there are a lot of different like you can throw the word skills out anywhere and there's but there's a lot of different flavors of what those are being used to do and mm -hmm. so i think as a buyer you need to understand what is the specific problem i am trying to solve and then what are the approaches or techniques that this vendor is using to solve that problem just don't get distracted by all the buzzwords yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And that was actually one of the uh, reasons I asked is that there's a lot of energy uh, kind of distracting from the core purpose. And for me, I see the people analytics leader being the ideal customer slash user of these talent intelligence technologies. Because if it goes off as an independent analytical effort and you have this data over here and this data set over here, it's like, you know, you're going to get confused, conflicting, you know, insights, and it just won't be a confidence inspiring, you know, approach. So thank you for, yeah. for that. I, I'll, I appreciate I'll, it. I'll add to that though, Al. I think that that underscores the importance of having what we call a, a multi-source analysis platform. So a, a Vizier, a Cruncher, you know, one of these technologies that brings all this information together, because fundamentally, you know, we don't want all the data to stay with people analytics, the people analytics team, right? Because there's only so much bandwidth, there's only so many things that they should be doing. What people analytics should be doing is equipping the rest of the organization to do the types of analysis that they need to make better business decisions. But to your point, if they don't have a place where all that is residing in one, one single source of data truth as a starting point, then you get onto all these problems. And so I think that, you know, for those, there's, this is in no way any disrespect to a, an eightfold or to any of these other vendors that have you know, reasonable analytical capabilities in their systems, but those systems aren't designed to integrate all the, all the people data. So having a place where there's a single source of all the people data and then enabling across the organization people to do the appropriate analyses, and that's where the magic really comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I can just add to that as well, that um, you know, I, I think one of the things we noticed during our briefing so is that vendors are, especially our multi-source analysis vendors, as Tisha mentioned, are thinking about this quite deeply. Like in, in, in fact, like this time um, was one of the first few times that we've seen vendors like Vizier, Cruncher, Vimo actually show us like how they're mapping internal talent and showing us the internal mobility visualizations, which was really cool um, to see with something that we hadn't seen last time. So I think the vendors in our study are also consciously thinking about how they can bring in this capability for their customers as well. Mm -hmm. Got it. That, that's fantastic. Hey, I know I can. I, I feel like we could go all day, and we can. <laughs> and and uh, 
I, I don't need to lay evidence of those who know us that we can. In fact. <laughs> so um, what I would love for our listeners and viewers is to for them to see the updated two by two. And I would love for you all to feature the people analytics uh, technology tool that yeah. you're working on. And then we can you know cover some highlights as we we do that, because um, this it just gets me excited. So can you uh, walk us you know, through this and you know, how this came to be? Yeah, so this this tool or this two by two is really how we think about the market. So if you look at the Y axis first, um, on the top, we have what we call data integrators. So those who are bringing in data from a whole bunch of sources like these multi-source analysis platforms. Um, and then down at the bottom of the graphic, we have what we call data creators. So those are companies that are creating data, usually through um, active surveys. Uh, and then they are doing some sort of sophisticated analysis on it. Um, on the x-axis, on the left side, we have what we call frequent analysis. So the users of those systems are using them pretty pretty often. Um, so let's say quarterly, maybe monthly, um, all the way up to continuous analysis over on the far right, which means that people are in those systems potentially daily um, to access the insights that are within them. And the reason that we did that we divided it this way is a couple of things. One is, is the market itself is very complex, and there's a lot of folks doing different different things. But if we think about how, you know, what what does the tool actually do? And then how frequently or how necessary is it for us? Um, it helps us understand. So for instance, the, the items over in the upper left, which we call accumulated analytics, analytics, those tend to be strategic workforce planning vendors. So those who are kind of really on that strategic side, all the way over to the right could be much more operational. So we have in there, for instance, uh, uh, Eva, dot AI, which got acquired by Vizier last week. And they are really a system where you can get information out, you know, certainly weekly, maybe even every day about what's happening with your people. So um, at a high level, as, as we note here, we have seen the number of logos nearly double Al, since we started in 2019, which is truly remarkable. So we have, um, and Priyanka, correct me if I'm wrong, we've got 53 folks on the 53. 58. 58, excuse me. See, yes, <laughs> uh, 58 vendors on there, but we know there's over 100, at least 125 vendors in the market. Um, but we didn't include all of them. One because that that two by two gets very complicated, <laughs> and also because we didn't see all of them. Um, and so pretty much everybody on there we've seen, uh, if not this year in a in a previous previous year. Um, the, the other thing we see is that, and I'm going to jump down to the third bullet, is that we're seeing vendors start to pull together more disparate data. Um, in, and to use more um, passive data combined with active data. And so for that reason, like for instance, we see on here Perceptix, it acquired Cultivate, which uh, takes in um, passive data. So data from collaboration systems. I just mentioned that Vizier just acquired Eva. Um, that is again, a system that has traditionally relied on some of our historical HRAS or, or uh, engagement survey or other sources, um, but traditional kind of data sources. And they're combining that with collaboration analytics that looks at data sources from things like Gmail or Outlook or Zoom or Slack, Teams, et cetera. Um, so we're just seeing that combination of active and passive data coming together quite a bit more. Yeah, I'm really, I want to ask about employee experience vendors, but that can be an all, you know, because I, I yeah. see, you know, some in here. I just want to call that out in that people have employee experience jobs. They have people analytics jobs, they have workforce planning jobs, and the technologies ideally, arguably, should be 
thought of in an integrated way, if not have a kind of lead orchestrator of how these come together. Is that something that you would advocate for or at least organizations consider that when selecting an HR technology or people as technology, that there be a cohesive, comprehensive view of the whole uh, ecosystem that's affecting the employee experience? Yeah, I think you do need a com comprehensive view of it. And, and you're right that we could talk about, we actually had a dedicated employee experience report last year after the main report because it, the topic is so deep and complex. Um, but yeah, I think you, you do need a comprehensive view because if you, your employees are experiencing that comprehensive view, whether you, you know, know it or not. And so understanding kind of how all these systems connect and then what the impact is for employees is, is pretty important. Because what I love what you all are doing is you're helping educate not only the buyer, uh, but you're educating how to elevate adoption over time. Um, and that is sorely needed because I think there's still some misses that oh, I'm a CHRO or I'm a business leader. We need to better understand our workforce. Therefore, I'm going to hire a data scientist or IO psychologist and hope they perform miracles. You know, it's just not a accurate way of proceeding. There needs to be not only the right people, but there needs to be the right technologies that enable that person, that team, and of course, the organization, you know, at scale. So certainly celebrate, you know, what you're doing. And by the way, if you want to bring up that scale slide, we, we can we can talk about it. But I do want to toggle um, to the tool. Because can we, can we there was a question that came in on chat, and I want to answer it real yeah, quick. Sure. Um, so, so someone asked, uh, what makes Perceptics into the guiding analytics quartile, whereas Glint or Pecan is in the targeted analytics? And it's a great question. So last year, Perceptics was in that same category, but their acquisition of Cultivate, which is a collaboration analytics platform, so looking at data um, that is existing in, in other systems, passive, passive data, um, is what made us move them. You'll have seen they were just above the line. Um, we didn't move them any farther above the line because yes, they did do the acquisition, but they, they haven't been fully integrated yet. And, and so they have the capability, but we expect to see a lot more in the coming weeks and or months and, and really across the next year, year and a half. So you'll probably see them move up because of that. Um, Glint, by contrast, has historically also been an engagement provider itself, but it is increasingly getting integrated into Viva, which means that workplace analytics will likely also start to be a part of the solution. But we, again, we haven't seen that yet. And the, the, we, the vision, that is my hypothesis on the vision. That is not necessarily something that has been explicitly stated. So we kept Glint where they, where they were, moved Perceptics up. Yeah. And I will just all add, and I know you you both have said this before, is that this is just a means to facilitate discussion. You know, yeah. how you end up utilizing it is going to be, you know, up to you. And all these yeah. vendors are evolving. So, you know, who knows where they're going to be in six months to a, a year's time. All right. I, I, I am now a kid in the cancer. I want what I want. I want <laughs> the tool. I, I, want, I just want to see it because, I, you know, again, I, I believe that you all are helping understand the space so people can make wiser buying decisions and i i want this to happen so please without getting in the way you go <laughs> priyanka do you want to talk about it because the tool's been your baby 
<laughs> sure. Um, so uh, followers of our research will remember that currently what we have on our tool is the two by two with the logos and beneath that we have the full tree capabilities for people to look at the specific capabilities that vendors provide. We are going to be switching that and providing an updated view, which is what you can see on the screen right now. Um, and so what we've done is basically taken some of those capabilities and pulled them up under broader categories of plan, manage, discover, um, and engage and learn. And the reason for doing that was one, as we said that the two by two is getting way too crowded now for us to keep adding logos onto it. And two, we think this provides a, a, a much more approachable and a quick way for customers to kind of get in and identify what is it that they want to do with the tool and then just click on that specific area of focus and find the list of vendors that they're um, interested in. So that's what we're planning to do this year. And then um, beneath that, uh, we're also going to be updating the vendor profiles and uh, we're going to include a lot more details than you currently have. It's going to have a new look and feel, as you can see. Um, so there's going to be details around the company overview, which includes strengths and the specific challenges vendors are addressing, the talent areas of focus, the industries that they're currently serving, um, and then other details such as the headquarters and um, their size, employee size. Uh, we're also going to be including a lot more information about end users and how that's changing uh, and how do uh, vendors are expecting that to change. So like, as you can see, we have columns on today. So who are the current users of those um, of that tool? And then what, how are the vendors expecting them to shift in the three years? And then we have a lot of rich data about from customer feedback. So we have the NPS, we have some great tags that we've pulled from the customer feedback. And then we have some very specific quotes about what is it that the customers love about the vendors and what is it that they don't love. So we have both positive and critical feedback, um, which we hope will be of great use to potential buyers and um, future users of the tool. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm gonna bring us all up because I, I like I have this big smile on my face when I see that because you know, I saw when we just first started a few years ago and to see it evolve to that point, I, I just want to celebrate what you all have done with the tool, with the study, because it's immensely helpful. Um, as a former practitioner myself, I would have jumped over backwards and taken a lot of my budget to make sure that I had something to help advance my thinking and you know get people on the same page in terms of the criteria by which we're using to select these tools. So yeah, I, again, thank you and certainly celebrate that. So how can people learn more about not only uh, Red Thread and what you have going with the People Analytics uh, tech study and, and tool, but I know you have some discussions coming up over the next couple of weeks as you release this formally, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So you, if you want to pop up the slide again, um, we this is our plan for our upcoming publications. Uh, so these are non-members. Uh, we will be publishing the executive summary, like I mentioned, next Tuesday. We will be doing an infographic a little bit later after that. And then we have for members, because we are a membership organization, a much more robust version of the, the study um, beyond what's going to get published uh, next week that'll come out on May 31st. And then the tool will come out on that day as well. And then the final thing I want to mention is just this, which is uh, we will have a public webinar where we'll go through all of this in, in quite a bit more detail. And that'll be on July 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Outstanding. Super fun. <laughs> Super fun. Well, I will be there. I will be there to eager 
to eagerly learn as I slur and mumble over myself. But yeah, I, I want to just thank you all for doing what you do. I know you have a lot of studies that you're working on and the fact that you've gone so deep into this discipline and as a kind of a proxy states person for the discipline, I, I want to again say thank you uh, for what you've done and what you continue to do. So well, thank you, you are, for, for your support, Al. You know, as folks who are on the line may know, Al was a big supporter, um, both, you know, mentally, emotionally, and financially of the <laughs> first couple versions of this work. Um, this one is fully funded by Red Thread, but um, just it wouldn't have been possible without Al's support. And so I just want to say thank you to you because you were helping drive things meaningfully forward. So, well, you. you're, you're very kind and I appreciate it. So Priyanka, uh, any final closing comments? Um, I think I just wanted to mention something that I missed saying was that our tool is going to be more regularly updated, which we're extremely excited about. Um, so earlier we had a, taken a once a year approach, but this time we're going to be doing it on a more continuous basis and it's going to be more automated. So we're looking forward to sharing all that awesomeness very soon with everybody. And uh, just to echo what Stacia said, thank you so much Al, for always amplifying our research and the work that we do. Of course, it's it's a true pleasure. So. Well, thank you again. Have a fantastic weekend and uh, I'll see you on your uh, webinars next week. And then on May 25th, we're going to be here. Uh, Priyanka might be a little bit of a hike for you, uh, but <laughs> for um, our Bay Area People Analytics Meetup at Devil's Canyon Brewing Company in San Carlos. So if you're in the area, uh, join Stacia and myself and 100 of your best uh, people analytics and workforce planning and employee experience friends. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again. All right. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.